Hello, world, and welcome to the next episode of Expect to Win. Um, words can't even explain right now the emotions and feelings that is about to go down right now. Only thing I can tell you is you better buckle up, tie your hair up, make sure your shoes is on tight, because I have one of God's finest power couples on, and they're going to probably say so much stuff is going to knock your doggone feet off. So just make sure you stay tuned, make sure you listen up, and you're probably going to have to re-listen to it a few times just so you can write down everything that they say. But I have Seatown's finest from Columbus, Georgia. Um, now they're living in Gwinnett County. I could say first, the husband, um, former professional baseball player, um, and God led him to do something else, and he went to, uh, what is it, uh, um, the Scouts? can't remember now but he did the scouts but now he's up and he started a church he's a chaplain he started his own clothing line uh now i think he's the president of the rotary club i think he's running for mayor of atlanta uh, <laughs> and then next he's going to be on the senate i think he's going to be on the chairman board of the martyr uh, it, the list goes on and then the wife of the couple lord have mercy i think she was what the drum major that went to the Rose Bowl parade? She led three thousand troops down the street. Uh, I mean, like, and she went to University of Georgia. I think she ran and owned and been in every club there. Now she's like the, the assistant mayor of Gwinnett County. So I'm saying the, the power couple, ladies and gentlemen. I have no other than Mr. Marlin and Tasha Allen. What's going on, my man? Thanks so much for having us. We appreciate that warm intro. Hey, listen, man, I did the best I could. Um, I was trying not to sell you too short because I know it's just so much. I couldn't fit it in. I only got like 20 minutes here. Um, and I ain't want to, you know, let the people hear my voice too much. So I want you to be able to say some of the things you're doing. So um, I know that you're doing a lot right now. I know you guys are in the community and all that. So kind of, you know, I left some things out. So just give us a little backdrop maybe of... Um, who you are, first of all, and then kind of what you got going on. Well, first of all, I am Tasha Allen, and um, one of the things that I, I pride myself in being is a mother, a wife, and a business owner. I um, I started a cake business called Tater Cake about six years ago, where I do custom cake orders um, here and there around Gwinnett County and one of my cakes was actually featured at the Masters a couple of years back, so I pat myself on the back for that. Um, and right now I'm currently working with the Georgia Chamber of Commerce, so I'm getting my hand in a little bit of the politics around the state of Georgia. Wow. Yeah, and for me, first of all, kudos to you, uh, Mr. Thomas, for uh, for the for this podcast and, and uh, to all your listeners that are out there. Um, the thing that, that's captivating my mind in particular is just the title of it, Expect to Win. And so uh, for me, I, I do have quite a bit to say about that. But before we jump into it, um, uh, I'm from, as you say, Columbus, Georgia, C-Town, as we, as we call it, and uh, grew up there, um, number six of seven kids, two brothers and, and four sisters, Mom and Dad, uh, God bless their soul. They just celebrated 60, what was it, 63 years of marriage? I think 64. 64, 64 yeah. years of marriage this past February. And, uh, and But God, as you mentioned, God led me and, and the family up to Gwinnett County. I'm actually the only one, as 
not living in uh, in Columbus, Georgia, out of a family. Um, but God has a unique way of working in each individual's lives, and so He He really placed me in, I think, in different arenas um, uh, throughout. You know, even when I was in Columbus, Georgia, as you mentioned, when I started with the Boy Scouts of America, even before then, playing professional base, uh, baseball with the Cincinnati Reds, God has a unique way of working in, in, in our lives. And so uh, uh, for me, it's just always look for opportunity to serve. And so uh, right now in Gwinnett County, that's exactly what we are doing. When we moved here in 2008, uh, we, we thought we were going to kind of take a break. But we essentially rolled up our sleeves and, and been um, really uh, deep in the community in terms of serving in different areas. And most of the service has really come out of, you know, the, the involvement that our kids have, whether it's sports or school. And, and so um, we just believe that, that we're on the right side of things if we are always giving to others and, and if we're always serving. And, and uh, tying that in with, you know, with the title of your podcast, I think it's, it's just uh, one of the unique and great aspects of, of winning. Uh, we can expect to win if we, if we serve people, if we serve. If I, as a husband, I serve my wife, I serve, you know, my, my kids, serve the community. Um, nothing but good things come out of that. And, and, and that really... Initiates that expectation that when I wake up in the morning, when my feet hit the ground, I I know it. I know that I'm a winner. So, mm. yes, sir. But that's, uh, that's that's interesting that you say that when you when your feet hit the ground, you know that you're going to win. Because for for a lot of some mothers and and women in particular, defining our win is always a hard thing to do because we. We try to multitask. We try to we try to make everything happen. We try to be the savior for everybody and be all things for all people. And we can look at it sometimes as you know something is failing and we're not winning. But we have to wrap our mind around what it, what exactly does winning mean for us? You know, and it, it could change from day to day. Um, I've just started back working out. So for me, a win is getting up. Monday through Friday at 4.45 so I can be at the gym at 5.15. Dinner may not get on the table that afternoon because I've come home from work and I'm exhausted, but I've won in the sense of the goal that I set for that day as far as getting up and working out. So that's just one of the things that, you know, as women that we struggle with, with wanting to, expecting the win in everything that we do. And sometimes that's just not realistic. Well, Lamar, she, she can expect the win because she, uh, she saw that smoke on the grill when she came home, you know, today. Nah, I will agree. That was a win. Yeah, that's right. That was a win. She may not, she may not always, but we, you know, we, we try to supplement. We try to complete, not compete, but we complete each other, you know. But I will say this. I had to verbalize that I felt as if, you know, I wasn't getting a lot of things done because I was tired and because I have to come home and watch and get somebody to practice and then cook dinner. And so when I came home, he's absolutely right. There was some smoke coming from the backyard, and he had the grill going. So, yes, today was a win for me. Listen, it's almost Mother's Day, too, now, so don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. 
But I know you guys do a lot of uh, community projects now. I mean, I know you don't have to go into all of them, um, but I do want you to share uh, some of them and, and maybe even talk a little bit about the church uh, and, and possibly let people know how they can help you, you know, help get involved and, and help you and do some of the things that you want to get done up there in that area. Absolutely. Yeah. We have one big outreach that's coming up. Um, it's called For Kids, and this is our this is our sixth year doing Kicks for Kids. Um, it was birthed out of an outreach that I was a part of when I was in Columbus. Eighth year. It's the eighth year, year. right, eight right. Year. Eighth year. Um, an outreach when I was in Columbus, we used to do an Easter shoe giveaway, and we would um, get the kids that were in the Head Start program and take them to Payless and let them pick out a brand new pair of Easter shoes. So we moved up to Gwinnett and we started the church. We um, we did some of the, the, the traditional back-to-school um, things. We did the back-to-school supplies. That didn't go over too well because everybody was doing back-to-school supplies. So then we decided the next year that we would give away book bags. And we had 100 book bags that we couldn't even give away at church. We were riding around the neighborhood trying to give out book bags because everybody was doing school supplies and book bags. So the next year, I said, you know what, let's do school shoes. You know, everybody wants a brand new pair of shoes. So we had to find a partner that would go in with us and help us make this this, this dream a reality. And at that time, it was Sports Authority. Uh, we partnered with Sports Authority. They allowed us to bring in kids from um, DFAC, that, uh, from the DFAC Center in, in Gwinnett County. And the kids went to Sports Authority. They picked out their brand new pair of shoes. They went to the, the register. They checked out, and they walked out the door with their brand new shoes. Then Sports Authority closed down, and we decided to find another partner. And now we are currently partnering with Dick's Sporting Goods. So over the past three or four years, not only have we been able to put over 700 pair of shoes on kids in DFAC, but we've also sent over 200 pair of shoes two kids in a, a school in Grandstown, South Africa. So we're getting ready for that now. Um, we have a website. It's kidsforkids.org. Um, we always do the, the shoe drive a week or two before school starts, and school will start up here the first week of August. So our Kicks for Kids will either be the second um, weekend in July, the third weekend in July. Um, we're trying to do 150 to 200 pair of shoes again this year where we will allow the kids to come in and pick out whatever shoe that they want. Um, the exciting thing about last year was the football team from Decula High School, they came and they volunteered their time and they helped the kids pick out shoes. And we had three football players actually take shoes off of their feet and give them to some of the kids because the kids wanted the shoes that they were wearing. So they took them off gave them to the kids, so not only did the kids get the brand new pair of shoes that they picked out, but they also got the kids of a football player, got the shoes of a football player um, right then and there on their feet, so that was a blessing to um, to see. So we're excited about that. That's coming up. That's our big outreach, um, so if you want more information, information about it, you can always log in to kidsforkids.org, and you can see some of the past um, experiences that we've had. Or you can decide this year to partner with us in that. Wow, that was awesome, man. You did a great job. You had your professional voice on everything, man. That was pretty, pretty yeah. nice. <laughs> that was nice, man. I like yeah. that. Hey, no stuttering at all, did you? I'm talking about, man, like Close. she read that off a card. Close. That, that was, uh, I did go to the University of Georgia. I did go to the University of Georgia. Ooh. Throw it in there. Yeah. Yep. But I didn't go to Georgia, but I had a lot of vision. I, you know, back sitting with you guys a long time ago, we created Just Cause, you know, <laughs> Just Cause. You know, and, and now that birthed so many things from, from that little small barbecue conversation to now, you know, so. 
So I will. I say it really has, right? Riding hard. <laughs> just, just cause, and now just cause it's spread to become all kind of things. But, uh, brother Allen, what what you got going on? Man, I I, I um I love that Tasha brought up kicks for kids. That's that's really uh, I, I have to piggyback off of what she said. That that, that outreach and and being able to um, we started it. It birthed out of the church, but it's become so much. I mean, it's become bigger than obviously the four walls because. As she mentioned, but most outreaches are the, the financial support of an outreach usually comes from obviously the church members. And um, what we've done, and, and we just realized early on, that there were a lot of people uh, in, you know, in our uh, circle of influence who may not have been a part of the church but wanted served. And so, you know, we never had the mentality that, okay, you got to be a member of our church in order to do what we do. It was always, we wanted to, to really, um, really invigorate a person's mind to serving and, um, and, and just do it by bringing them along with us. And it didn't matter what church you went to or who you were or where you were, hey, you can do this with us. And so from that, from that mentality, we, um, um, not only do we partner with uh, this past year, it was the first year we partnered with the Kula High School, and that's unique in and of itself. The teenage young men come and serve, and, and that's always great for them to do that. Um, uh, we also partner with uh, Gwinnett Rotary. You mentioned that earlier, uh, the Rotary Club of Gwinnett County. I used to be the president of that club. I'm past president, uh, but that uh, uh, they have they agreed, and it wasn't even my idea, but uh, one of the other presidents agreed to partner with our church. Uh, and come alongside of us to to raise money so that we can give away more shoes. Um, and then along with um, um, with Gwinnett County Defects, we also give shoes to about 50 pair a year to uh, Viewpoint Health, um, which is sort of like a counseling um, organization that uh, uh, serves those that that, um, that have needs, special needs. So. So it's pretty pretty big outreach outside of the church, outside of the four walls, and we're pretty pretty excited about that. And and the other thing that I'm pretty much involved in any any anything to do with young men and leadership, I think is so important. I think the the absence of of, of values and and just respect in our country today has everything to do with uh, the leadership of of men and. Um, and, and for some reason, I think that we really, as a country and as a, as, as people, just kind of turned our backs to to leadership development. I mean, I mean everything that that you're ever a part of, um, it hinges. I mean, it, it rests on the shoulders of, of leaders. And so, two years ago, um, I started just out of the heart of uh, young African American males at Tequila High School. We started a, a leadership academy called Five Star Academy. You can uh, check that out at five, um, fivestarleaders.org. And uh, every single morning at 6 a.m., every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. at Tequila High School, we have 10 to 12 um, African-American freshmen that we're pouring into every morning, um, mentoring and um, uh, encouraging them to, to aspire academically, and even to serve in a community. So that that's still, um, I mean, it's still a baby at this point, but, man, it's, it's been pretty awesome to have the administration allow us to come in and, and, and really um, just just raise up the next generation of, of, of leader. 
Because what I found out, Lamar, is that most schools will have some sort of leadership program, and the kids that are in that leadership program are usually the cream of the crop of the school. But what happens to to, to any other person, and not just African-American male but or student, but what happens to any, any student? I mean, every student in that school needs some sort of leadership development. And uh, for me, it's uh, it's been huge, and we have uh, another church that partners with us there, about five men that wake up with us every single morning or every single Thursday morning to uh, administer the Five Star Academy uh, program that's centered around honor, integrity, trust, commitment, and, uh, and discipline. And every morning we have these young men recite the five-star leader's creed and code. And, and the creed is, I'm a five-star leader. I'm a responsible man who influences others in a positive way. I serve people with honor and integrity. I'm a leader you can trust. I stand ready and committed to lead others, and I will not quit. I'm physically and mentally disciplined, trained to be a five-star leader. And so that's what we say. We want these young men to, first of all, be responsible and, and to know that they are, when they walk out of that classroom, they are leaders. So uh, that's what's big going on, man. And it, it's, it's just, I mean, it's amazing. I've already had another school system to, to ask us to come in and do it. And I said, hold up. We just started this one at the Cula. We're trying to figure this one out. You know, no, play let's, let's, let's not do that. Let's go ahead and write that down. Um, let's go ahead and get the workbook. Uh, and, and we could we could sum that up. I'm just saying because it's needed, especially like now with summer camps and after programs and some programs, they have grants for enrichment programs um, right. and leadership and financial. And right now they just actually passed um, a, a, another thing in the in the bill or whatever. But they have to do financial literacy. So now each one wow. of these programs have to add financial literacy, which I think is big. Um, and you guys know, oh, like yeah. I know, like nobody really talked about financial literacy for us. You That's know, right. get a job and work and, and, you know, or go to the military. Pretty much That's all right. the, the options that we really have. But now, you know, we're trying to catch up. And, you know, I don't know if that's what we want to anchor our discussion on. But, um, you know, our education system needs help. You know, yeah. it, it needs help because so many people leave it and turn it back to it. Um, and that's one of the things that I want to get you guys to maybe discuss out is, you know, the fact that you are giving back, you know, because there's so many of us, especially of our culture, that once we gotten our job and we got comfortable, we just kind of continue to work on us, which is just a slightly, you know, selfish, you know, part of us that we just focus right. on us, um, that we don't give back. And, and I want you to kind of talk about, you know, the, the passion or the, the urge that you have to give back, especially you that, that start so many different businesses and organizations that you started because you could really, you know, just focus on you and keep moving and doing that and just kind of be that part person. But you guys make time to, to give back. Um, and I just think that that's a, that's a beautiful thing to have that we don't have anymore. Um, so I kind of want somebody to hit on that, and then I want somebody yeah. to hit on some of the obstacles and things that you've overcome, because I do have a bunch of people that's listening that, um, you know, are in that gray area that, that's thinking about starting. You know, I have a lot of people that talk about, man, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, or I'm right. thinking about doing a blog, I'm thinking about doing this company, or I'm thinking about, you know, the uh, tater case, I'm thinking about baking, or, you know, they got that idea, and they just can't get past the idea, so... Since y'all don't start at so many companies, y'all could kind of share some knowledge of how you both came, <laughs> um, you know, and from that. Because, like I said, I, I know you guys do a, do a lot. Yeah. Let me just talk about the giving part. 
part of it. I, I know for me, and growing up in, in our family, I've always seen my mom and dad do it. And, um, and I mean, we three-bedroom home, seven kids. Of course, all of us didn't live in the house at that time because the range is a 22-year span between the oldest and the youngest. But throughout those years of, of each of the kids growing up, um, mom and dad always always had somebody, some other child or some other person in the house they were trying to give back and help. And so that's just been uh, a very, uh, I, would, I would even call it, Lamar, non-negotiable. It is, it is we, you know, we wake up in the morning and we know that we're going we're gonna to give back. That's not even an option. And so when Tasha and I um, got married, um, one of the first things that we got involved in, and it's amazing, we became... Um, Cub Scout and Boy Scout leaders. I don't even know if you remember that, but part of it was I was working with Boy Scouts and worked 60, 70 hours a week, and in a sense, it was kind of a way for us to, to, to hang out because I was always on a camping uh, activity or an event that I had or a scout event that I had, and so she, she came. It was a way for us to, to, to really um, spend more time but we we were Cub Scout and, and Boy Scout leaders before we even had kids. And it was just our passion for for this next generation. And um and we just believe that, that it, it that's just the way that you do it. And so we right now we came up here to Gwinnett County and, and you know, we, we didn't walk around here just trying to jump at every opportunity to serve but People just kind of saw us going about our business, and, and, and I remember one of the first ways of us getting involved was in sports. One young lady who was um, an employee of the school, she came up to me, she said, hey, Marlon, I think you really need to help out our basketball program here in, in the Cuba. Man, they really need some help. And so we got involved in that and helped turn, turn it around, and it was when we had other friends or either, and we knew of other families that were jumping ship because the program was not a high-quality program. And we just made the commitment. We said, if we're going to live in this community, then we're going to do everything we can to make sure that not only our kids have a quality program, but, but you know, but every kid, every child that plays have a quality program. So from that, you know, Tasha got involved with the, uh, with the football board, our football program here. And uh, and it's just been a way when people see us at the park, they say, "Man, y'all y'all stay busy." But it's it's just us giving back, and it's amazing how you know God, I guess, um, really just maps out our our day and our, our time because we still get a chance to do you know things we we believe are important to our family and our kids, and so that's the giving back part of it all. And it was all, it's all about exposure, too, because um, growing up, being raised by older parents, um, mom just wanted to make sure that I always was a part of something. So, I mean, whether it was Girl Scouts or something at church or um, acting classes or whatever it was, she just made sure that I was exposed to things so that I could have options. And that's what we try to do with our kids and their friends and their friends' friends. We believe that if they have the exposure and can see the world outside, see the world, you know, through through different sets of eyes, then they will have the, the opportunities for them when they get older are limitless. 
So we just want to make sure that they have everything that they need to be successful in whatever it is that they do. So any programs that our kids are going to be a part of, it's almost guaranteed that we're going to have our hands all in it because we want to make sure that our kids are getting a quality program and everybody that's a part of that program is also getting a quality program. So giving back is just like like Marla said, it's, it's a non-negotiable for us. Um, and building leaders, building leaders is a non-negotiable because you can't be a leader if you don't have anybody following you. And what are they going to follow you to do? You want to train up people to take your place. You, that, yep. That's exactly what you want to do. You want to train people. I'm, I've been involved right now with of football for going on five years and I could have easily walked away last year because my term has been up but I felt guilty because I did not train someone to take my place in all of the roles that I had as part so what I'm doing this year is I'm spending a whole year in transition of training up two ladies to basically take on the same roles that I have done for the past three or four years so that's what a good leader will do a good leader will first of all in order to be a leader you got to have somebody following you and then those people that are following you, you have to train them to get to take your position. You can't be fearful of them taking over because, no, you want them to be able to take over your role so you can move on to bigger and better heights. So that's, that's, a, that's a big point right there just because there's so yeah. many people that, that are afraid that they're going to lose their, you know, their, their pots and pans. You know, that they don't want to show anybody else how to cook because they don't want nobody to take their stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to yep. keep my little penis because, you know, I ain't, I'm going to throw you a little bone, but I ain't going to truly show you how to how to eat. You Man, know, but let me know. tell you, uh, it don't matter what hurricane come through, what tornado come through, we're going to always have a farm and we're going to always have food so everybody's going to eat. That's what it's supposed to be. But right. I will say that, you know, with me being in education, there's less and less of, I know you spoke of the older parents, and, and I was mm-hmm. there, you know, on Thanksgiving, you had to go down to feed the homeless before yep, you we did. could go eat. Yep. Um, you know, but yep. there's less and less of people, definitely outside of, you know, church and school, that take these kids out to serve other people. You know, they, they the learning how to serve mm-hmm. is, is a lost art. Um, and now you can bridge that into the technology. Now it makes things so easy. They don't really have to work at all, Mm-mm. you know, to to do anything. So you're talking about I'm going to go and serve, and, you know, some of them barely fix their own place, and you want them to go and fix place for other people. Um, so that's a lost art. And, and if you're out here as a parent, we all got to do better just making sure that our kids are mm-hmm. serving. But you know what I'm seeing, though? I'm seeing there's a shift that's going back to that. Um, there, you know, we went through the whole millennial phase, and now we're in the one of the Gen Xers. Um, but there's a shift going back to older family members being in the home now with the blended families, and people are living longer. So you you will start seeing more and more of um, the older influence um, on our younger people. Um, but it's still going to take those like us that were raised by older people or just got old souls. To, to say, hey, this is the way. If we want to see our people to continue to do well, then we're going to have to reach back. And I don't even like to say reach back because when you say reach back, that means kind of like you've left. It. You're going to have to grab hold of somebody and just come along with you. Um, and that's the only way that we're going to all be able to eat. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people think that they don't have time to do it. Yeah. You, you know, and, and in today's world, you ask people how they're doing, and everybody says I'm busy. Right. I mean, I can tell you right now, um, we can run down the list. Tasha's on the football board and jump in. I'm on the basketball board. We do prison ministry at um, 
three different prison facilities. Um, uh, I do Five Star Academy with the boys every 6 a.m. every Thursday. Both kids play travel baseball and softball. Yep, and, and basketball. And basketball yep. and football. Football, and well, t- she doesn't do tennis anymore. And then Friday nights during football season, we had every game on Friday nights. I do a devotional every Wednesday with the kids. I serve them pizza every Wednesday. We do that, and then we cook for the team twice a year. Um, for the entire team, we do that. Um, and um seem like I'm leaving something out. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, at the, uh, at the elementary school, I'm, I'm sure well, Tasha was on the PTA board. So anyway, there's, there's tons of opportunities, tons of time to get time to get involved in it. And what's so great about it, Lamar, is that our kids, any of the things that we're involved in, our kids always ask us when we come from a meeting or we come from prison or or five star at six AM. Matter of fact, Sarah and MJ they ask they want to go to five star. They want to wake up early to go to five star and cook for the young men that we have in, in, in the program. And so when you see that and you hear them talking about that, that's pretty that's pretty uh, uh, pretty exciting to see that you're that you're obviously impacting your own home, but hopefully that impact will, will spread. Wow. Um, I, I don't want to keep you guys too long because I know I usually try to keep them kind of short, but I'm not going to let you go without, um, you know, your, your closing remarks. But I do want you to talk about overcoming some obstacles um, and how, yes, you know, we could definitely relate that to, to the victory of expecting to win, the mindset that we have that no matter what happens, you know, we always going to win. So uh, I don't, y'all can take it how you want to take it. Now, if you need me to help lead you, I'll lead you, but I don't <laughs> think I have to do that, y'all, man. Just go ahead do your thing. Who want to go first? Oh, look, look, which obstacle? I know, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, well, let's let's go back. I think I think for me, I'll say uh, it, it, it's a couple of things. Number number one, I'm gonna relate. I'm gonna go back to ministry because um, uh, starting the church um, in 2010. Um, first of all, starting it was was in my mind it was pretty easy because I'd always been in the church. Daddy was a pastor. Brothers was in the ministry had started churches, sister in the ministry. So that was just a part of what we did. Being in Gwinnett County, though, you know, I felt in a, in a county of a million people that we won't have people just flocking to the church once we put a sign up and, and had a meeting space. It didn't work that way. And, uh, and it, was so far, it was so far from yeah. that. And, um, and, and people... Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I used to say, I, boy, I used to say, you know, planting the church, it ain't, it ain't for the faint at heart. Um, uh, but, but one of the biggest obstacles with that is that, you know, there are some church planting organizations that have, in a sense, put together a formula that can potentially, potentially lead to success. But in church, um, you know, it's not like sales where you can go and, I guess in a sense and you calling up all these folks and eventually you gonna you gonna sell and make money. The biggest I mean, it was a huge obstacle for us because we did I mean, we spent money on mailers, we walked the neighborhoods we're talking about in two thousand ten when knocking on doors it, that certainly ain't the norm for churches these days. You know, you don't have many churches saying we're going out in the neighborhood evangelizing. We were, we were, we had created a, you know, a little thing called um, um, hang, hang a house where we, we had these door hangers 
uh, uh, flyers that we would go and hang on the doors and talk to folks and pray with them. And, man, we felt we did everything and, and, um, and just never could get over the hump of about 75 people in the church. And it was up and down. And, and what, we, what we realized, Lamar, is what we've been talking about the whole time, is that for us, and this, is, this ain't everybody, but for us, in this time in our life, we realized that, that we were more of the church outside of the four walls than in it. As a matter of fact, just last week, I asked a couple uh, that, that's a part of Sarah's softball team, or they asked me to marry them. Um, and they asked me because they know I'm a pastor. They don't, I don't even think they go to church. They probably don't go to church. I know the, the, uh, the, the future wife said, you know what, I was, trying, I was trying to figure out who can I get that knows us and that will really make this thing complete. I mean, I've done funerals of people. I didn't even really know the person that passed away, but, you know, their son knew me because of, uh, of MJ and his son playing together. And so we just realized, man, we're, we are the community pastor you know, and uh, and it's been it's been pretty pretty phenomenal. Um, so so in terms of that obstacle and how we overcame it, it was the absolute hardest thing that we've ever been a part of. But we know right now that we're winning because we went through it. Yeah. And right. and we didn't give up. Um, statistics says that three thousand churches will close the doors every year. And I'm not sure what the stats say about those pastors, but, you know, there are a lot of stories about pastors committing suicide or coming, you know, alcoholics and drug users just because the church doesn't, um, because it doesn't succeed the way they think it should. And for us, we know why we're secure. We, 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 are, we are secure in knowing our destiny. Our destiny is not, is not, um, tied to what happens on Sunday, but it's tied to, you know, what happened on the cross, and we and, and, and that's why we are winners. That's why we believe we're overcomers, and, and why we believe we can expect to win and everything that we do, and, uh, and that's been the biggest obstacle. Business-wise, and I'm going to be quick, uh, three years ago, we just started, uh, me and my nephew started an apparel company, and uh, right now, the easiest thing for us in this space would be to go and grab another brand such as a Nike Under Armour, become a sales rep and tell those reputable brands to other folks. Our profits wouldn't be as much as, as what we believe they will be by creating our own brand. But the biggest uh, obstacle in starting a business, you know, number one is taking that first step. But number two, it is, it is you know, having, having enough capital to really, you know, see, your, see, see the business growing to where you want it to grow. And for me personally in the apparel space, we've um, partnered with uh, suppliers overseas uh, that are manufacturing our branded products, uniforms, football, baseball, basketball, soccer, whatever kind of uniform you can name, track uniforms, uh, polo shirts, any kind of polo shirts, t-shirts, all kind of apparel. Everything has ramp, uh, logo, and name on it. Um, but the biggest obstacle for us has been um, just the, the, the competition and the expectation of our customers, knowing that most of them are used to buying Nike or Under Armour or those fam- famous brands. And so 
early on in this business where we're really trying to make a high-quality, affordable product, you know, we've, we've, we've hit some, uh, you know, some, some, some huge obstacles, whether it's fitting or the sizes didn't fit right or some of the products were, you know, you know whether it didn't hold up or it faded or whatever the case may be. Those were just some, some obstacles that we didn't foresee as a new company. But that's the encouragement for those that are listening today. If you're starting a new company, the win in starting that company is not really starting it, but it's when you feel like you've hit a brick wall and, and you keep trying to run through that brick wall. Because eventually you're going you're gonna to find a solution to that problem that you never really, that you would never think of unless you had that, that issue or that problem. And what I mean by that, for instance, last year, we had football uniforms that didn't came back. They didn't fit by 30 kids. So the team had to play in the next week. About this time, I figured out that I can become a dealer for some of the other brands. So even though we're creating our own brand, I realized I got to create a solution so that I have a happy customer. Ended up going online, finding some other products or other brands that we could get in quicker than our own brand provide them a temporary solution to the problem, and as a result, that customer is still with us this year, and we work through it. So for us, it's been, it's been a huge win of knowing that we can just work through those, uh, those obstacles. Wow, good. Fighting through pressure. Hey, yeah, man. Pressure makes diamonds. There you go. That's right. That's right. Got to right. be able to, to, to withstand it, so. All right. Well, uh, Miss Allen, you have anything quickly that you want to add to that? Uh, not really, um, because uh-huh. the the main obstacle that I was going to speak about was the church um, as well, because I, that's been the biggest thing thing for us, and just being comfortable with knowing that our ministry that God has called us to as a couple is outside of any brick and, brick and mortar that anybody could put up. And the reason we, we knew that is because every time we would do an outreach, we, it, whether it be an Easter egg hunt or just community day, we would have two, three, four hundred people to show up for these events. We would pass out flyers, we would pass out business cards, and we would have church the next day and people wouldn't come. And then so in two or three months later, we would do another outreach. And we could get, we could rally the community to come and hear about Christ, to see Christ through us outside of church, but we never could get them to come inside of church. So then we just had to realize that, hey, you know what? God doesn't call everybody pulpit. And and for sure, I mean, he called us as a couple to be out in the community, be in the hands of feet of Jesus so that he could see, so that people could see Christ through everyday real folks like us. Wow. Well... I'm going to say to you guys that consistency will create champions. Yep. So as long as you guys are are out there and you continue to do your mission, uh, continue to to, to follow your heart and follow the passion and follow uh, where God is leading you, then you already know the the rest of it. I ain't got to preach to the preacher, you know, but, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as you, what is it, seek ye first? Yep. The rest of that, you know, you can feel that in, but uh, as long as you continue to do that, it's going to come. It's just not... You know, it's not going to happen when you want it to happen. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's going to be happening when you least expect it. That's when, right. When, you know, right now you can't handle, you know, four or 5,000 member church. But it's coming. 
you know, just mm-hmm. keep keep doing what you're doing and see you're making all these other connections. Um, these ball fields and things that you guys are doing this work in, they're going to give you one. Like like uh, Joel Osteen, how he's in the Houston Rockets thing. You are, yours is coming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yours is coming. You know, you just right now, you just still in your developmental stage, getting getting the, the, the consistency to stay and getting the foundation set so that when you do get all those people, you don't turn into an alcoholic because that, yeah. that, that you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the more the more people you got, man, that's going to yeah. be draining. I mean, man, you they know say, that. They uh, say new levels, new devils. <laughs> listen, man, that's, that's more people that you got to bless. That's more people, you know, all that stuff come to you. I mean, listen, it, you know, and I've heard that too, just the, the more you encourage, the more you take from yourself sometimes. And, you know, people just don't realize you're sitting in the car discard. You know, you sitting right. there got to build yourself back up because you don't put so much into other people. Um, and you just get stronger so that when that happens, you know, you're not going to have no two, three hundred member church. You're talking about two, three thousand. Uh, you just don't mm-hmm. go there and let that roll. But I ain't preaching to y'all, but uh, give me your... <laughs> Word of wisdom, your nugget of the day, and then I'm gonna let y'all go. I do mine first, and then y'all can follow after that. Okay. Um, I've, uh, I've always said take advantage of two, you know, because uh, three things that's gonna happen, and once they're gone, you don't get those back. And that's time, words, and opportunity. Um, so while you got time, just make sure you use your time wisely. Like you say that people always say they're too busy, but it's 24 hours a day, and the top three percent of the people that's doing great things, they know how to use that time wisely to get everything in. Um, and words, man, we got to speak more positive words to each other. We got to speak positive words to ourselves, and we just got to be careful of what we speak. Um, and you ask for it, and a lot of times you'll receive it when you start asking for it. And then the last one is opportunity. Just always take advantage of your opportunities when you have them because they don't always come around. And sometimes when you get them, you got to be obsessed with that opportunity to make sure you reach that goal. That's always my name. Uh, I would, I would, uh, you mentioned it earlier about consistency makes champions. Our, our work this year as a family is consistency, and, and that's one thing that we uh, have, um, have, have used to remind us of, of those things that we need to continue to do. And, um, and I use that same word with, um, with our baseball team um, um, to help these young, young boys, young 12-year-old boys understand, listen, you're not going, I mean, you're not going to have a good game every game. I said, but you can consistently give um, great effort. I said, effort, effort is, uh, is, is certainly something that you can control, and, um, and that's something that, that can be consistent. In, in every aspect of the day, whether it's at practice or in the game. So I will leave with the folks that are listening. I piggyback on you again, Lamar, um, with that word consistency, because it will, um, I mean, it, it'll, it'll bring huge results in every aspect of your life. And my, um, my, my negative is to be confident in your yes, whether you're agreeing to say no to something, whether you're saying, yes, I'm not going to do something, or whether you're agreeing to do it. You just need to be confident and protective of your yes, because that piggybacks on what you're saying about your time. So always being confident and being protective of your yes. I like that. That might be on the shirt. So yes, man. I like that. I like that. Well, again, man, it it was definitely a privilege and an honor for me to, to have the power couple on and we didn't get an opportunity to, to dive into everything because we didn't go far back with the obstacles, you know, because I, right. I know we, we got some. So we got mm-hmm. some, some different things, you know, the injuries and, and just, just 
sad situations that happen that we can pull back in and really bless somebody. So uh, we'll have to schedule another one another time. And then by that Let's time, do it. Y'all, y'all may have that church ready to roll to grow. <laughs> um, so uh, or something else y'all been on jump into by that time. Uh, you know, I know y'all doing something with the, the train or something, the martyr system. Y'all have them with <laughs> the mayor of Atlanta. But uh, we'll definitely get back on and, and do something great again, man. It was definitely a pleasure, man. But any closing remarks? Hey, we, we continue to encourage you. Keep doing what you're doing. Huge impact uh, down in Brooks County, and uh, we know that those folks um, are, are excited to have you as an asset to that community, the schools that you work with, those young men, men and women that you work with, work with there. So keep doing oh, ain't it. No, ain't no problem. All right. Well, it's about that time. We're going to close it out. All right. Thank you all. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Expect to Win podcast. We would love your feedback to help us grow. You can reach out to us at expecttowin365 at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook at win, win, win. It will pull right up. We're also on Twitter. We appreciate your support. If you got us on podcast, go ahead and share us and like us um, and give us a few stars and let us know how we did. Thank you.